0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: John chapter 1 beginning from verse number 15, the Bible records the testimony of John the Baptist concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that John talked to his disciples about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. So John was talking to his disciples about the Lord Jesus Christ. He talked about the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. John talked about the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples. He said that he that comes after me is preferred before me because he has been before me. In other words, Jesus Christ has been from eternity. So John talked about the preeminence of Christ. Not only that, by the time you get to verse number 16 and 17, John talked about the mission and the purpose of Christ here and now. He said, and his fullness we have all received from grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth, came through the Lord Jesus Christ. So as John talked about the Lord Jesus Christ, as he talked about the Messiah, John was painting a very vivid picture, a vivid image of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples. And as John talked about the mission of Christ, as he talked about the ministry of Christ, as he talked about the impact that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to have upon the souls of men, there was this excitement in the heart of John's disciples they heard about the coming of the Savior. And in verse number 29 of John chapter 1, the Bible tells us the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. In other words, John was saying to his disciple. You remember the guy that I'm telling you about? This is the guy that I was telling you about. This is the man that I'm saying was preferred before me. He said, This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. In verse number 31, say, I did not know him, but he thou should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And Job on witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. You know what John the Baptist was saying? This guy, I don't know him. I don't know who the Messiah was going to be. But the Lord gave me a sign. And that sign was that when I baptize... Anyone that the Spirit of God comes upon and remains He said that is the person who was supposed to be the Messiah And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 3 If you start reading towards the end of it when Jesus Christ was being baptized He said the Spirit of the Almighty God came upon him The heavens were opened and there was a declaration This is my son in whom I'm well pleased By the time you get to verse number 35 the Bible now tells us Again the next day John stood with two of his disciples And looking at Jesus as he walked he said behold the lamb of god in case they missed it the first time he was telling them again behold the lamb of god and two of the disciples of john the two disciples heard him speak and they followed jesus then jesus turned seeing them following said to them what do you seek they said to him rabbi which is to say when translated teacher where are you staying and he said to them come and see They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him. Now it was about the 10th hour. Now from this passage of scriptures, there are certain things that I want us to focus our attention on. I want us to see that when John was talking about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was talking about the preeminence of Christ, the disciples could see the heart of John. They could see the passion of John. They could see the excitement that John had. That yes, he was able to identify the person who is supposed to be the Savior of the world. They could see that he had a deep love for the Savior. Bible tells us that when John was talking about the Savior, the disciples could see that he had respect for the Savior. Not only that, there was a sincerity towards the Savior. He said, I didn't know him. I had no preconceived idea about this guy. I just know that what the Spirit told me to look for, that was what I saw. And then finally, his disciples could see that when John talked about the Lord Jesus Christ, there was this adoration that he had for him. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God. This is the person that the Lord has ordained to take away the sins of the world. And so as the disciples listened to John, and they saw him talk about Christ Jesus, they observed that there's something about this Jesus that John was passionate about. And because of the passion of John, it arose a curiosity in their heart. They became interested. They wanted to see who this guy was. They wanted to see what made this guy so special that our own master was so fascinated by him. And as a result, those two disciples decided to go and check out Jesus Christ. They decided to follow Jesus Christ. They decided to say, who is this guy that John was so passionate, so fascinated about, that we want to see who he is. And the Bible says, as they began to follow in verse number 38, the Bible says, Jesus turned and seeing them following, said, what are you looking for? What do you seek? In other words, Jesus noticed that these guys were following him. Jesus noticed these two guys, they have left John and now they are following him. And he wanted to ask them, at this point, he was just asking, what do you really want? Why are you following me? Why are you walking after me? It was a question that they could not ignore Because if somebody is following you And you notice that that person is following you And you turn and face that person and say What's going on? The person has no option He has to answer the question And this is what Jesus Christ did Jesus asked them a question That they could not ignore Jesus asked them What are you looking for? What do you want? Why are you following me? What do you seek? Why do you think that I'm the next person should be following? You see my brothers and sisters When you are involved in ministry And somebody is interested in your ministry. And they join your church. Or they join your ministry. You are always very excited. You don't care where they come from. You don't want to know who they left behind. You just are happy that they are here with you. Most of us in ministry. Our ego becomes inflated. As soon as we know that they left another ministry. To come and join our own. For some reason we feel that, yes, we are much, much better. Can you imagine? Jesus had nobody. And John was already established. The whole of Israel were coming to him. And all of a sudden, people who have been with John before started joining him. Jesus would have felt, man, I'm the big deal in town right now. I must have been doing something good for these two guys to join me. I'm that good. That's why these people came. But the Lord took a different turn. The Lord had a different take on the two people following him. Instead of excitement... Instead of him being overjoyed, instead of his ego being overinflated, he turned to the disciples and asked them a very unusual question. He asked them, What are you looking for? Can you imagine somebody coming to church today and then we single that person out? You are a newcomer here. What are you looking for? They look at you and say, What is wrong with this pastor? Aren't you happy that I'm here? But Jesus asked a very unusual question. He said, What are you looking for? What do you seek? if you are like me you will begin to wonder why would jesus be asking somebody who is interested in following him what he's looking for if he's not interested in following why is he following you i would have been very excited that somebody is following me but jesus asked a different question why did jesus ask these two disciples why they were following him why as you would expect the bible will not give you an answer the bible was silent about that particular issue but let me suggest to you now, Jesus Christ asked the question because Jesus understood there are different kinds of people who follow and they follow for different reasons. There are different kinds of people in church and they follow, they come to church for different reasons. Our Lord knew that there are those who come to church and they are clueless why they are here. They are here because people are coming and they came. There are people who follow Jesus just because other people are following and they also decided to follow there are those who follow because they are looking for companionship. My friend is going to church. I want to be in church. So let's go together. There are people who follow Jesus because they are companion seeking followers. There are those who follow because they are commercially motivated. Jesus is a big name. You make money when you follow Jesus. And so what do we do? Let's follow so that we can make some money. So you have people who are clueless. You have clueless followers. You have companion-seeking followers. You have commercially motivated followers. You have convenience-loving followers. Jesus is the best thing. There was a time when you were a Christian. It was not a good thing. Now if you look at it, everybody is a Christian. It's a good thing. It's socially acceptable. You're hanging out with the right crowd. The church now has a lot of money. So now everybody wants to be in the church because you can make money in the church. So there are those who are convenience-loving believers. Also, within that same group of people in church, there's also those who are motivated and driven because they are persuaded about the call and the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you have the clueless followers. You have the companion-seeking followers. You have the commercially-motivated followers. You have the convenience-loving followers. And at the same time, you also have the conviction-driven followers. And the reality is that the church is full of all this kind of followers. People who are there who have no idea why they are there. People who are there because somebody else is there. I remember those days when we were still young when we were going to church. We were going there because there were some nice girls in church. And that was the reason why we went to church. To look for some nice looking girls. There are people who go to church because that's where you can do business. There are several reasons why people go to church. And that reason has not changed. There are all sorts of people in the church. And just like Jesus asked those two disciples the question, what are you looking for? He's asking us the same question this morning. What are you looking for when you say you are following Christ? What is your motivation? What is the idea behind it? Our Lord is asking us this morning, why are you here? Why are you following me? What are you looking for as a Christian? What are you looking for in church? We can put up a front. You can appear as holy to the pastor and the pastor will be excited we can wear our facade and cover our real intention But the bible tells us in john chapter 2 if you read from verse number 24 he said jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men jesus did not say okay because you are coming yes i opened the floodgate for you no he said jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men he knew what their intentions are he knew what their minds are he knew that a lot of people are coming but their real motive is hidden and that's why the lord was asking the two disciples what are you looking for and that's why he's asking you and i this morning what do we really want what are we doing in church you might be wondering, why is this guy happening on this question, what do you want? Why is the question important to you? Why is the question important to me? My brothers and sisters, the question is important because it determines how you walk with the Almighty God. When you know why you are following, it determines how you are going to walk with Him. Because if you are walking with Him because of what you are going to get, if you don't get what you want, what happened? You walk back. If you are walking because you think you are going to get a particular benefit, and that benefit does not begin to show up, what happens? It's going to affect the way you walk with Him. And that is why it is important as individuals to ask ourselves, why are we following Christ? Why are we identifying with Christ? Why do we call ourselves Christian? Because it determines how you walk with Him. Number two, the question is important because it determines how you will respond to His command and the instructions that He gives you. There are some instruction in scriptures that just don't make sense. There are some instruction in scripture that are really, really a pain in every part of your body. If you don't know why you are following him, when the Lord gives you that particular kind of instruction, you are not going to be able to follow. You are not going to be able to respond to that instruction. You are not going to be able to respond to that particular command. So it is vitally important that you make up your mind and find out the reason why you are actually following him. Because number one, it determines how you walk. Number two, it determines how you respond to his instruction. Number three, it determines how you remain with him. It determines your perseverance in his presence. The Bible says, in the last days, perilous times will come. And it told us also, Jesus himself said, anyone who will live righteously will suffer persecution. If you don't know why you are in church, If you don't know why you are following Christ. If you don't know the reason why you identify with Christ. When the challenges come, you will not be able to preserve. Because whether you like it or not, as a Christian, you have a target on your back. And the enemy is out to get you. Because his intention is to be able to steal, to kill, and to destroy everything that the Lord has given unto you. If you don't know why you are associated with Christ, if you don't know why you are walking with him, your walk with the Lord Almighty will be affected, your response to his command will be affected, and you will not be able to endure to the very end. And because our Lord knows and understands that the reason why we follow the Almighty God affects our walk, affects our response, affects our staying with him, that was why he asked those two people the question. Do you really know what you are getting yourself into? That's what he was saying. Do you really know what it means to follow me? Do you know the danger that you are exposing yourself to? Do you know the kind of trouble that you are going to bring to yourself? Jesus insisted on the answer from those two disciples because he knew that when they answered that question, it is going to clarify and purge their motive. Whatever la-la idea they have at the back of their mind, Whatever utopian ideas that they have, that when we follow Christ, we are all going to sit on the throne and everything's going to be fine. He wanted them to know that what you are getting yourself into is not as glorious as you think it is on this earth. It's going to be challenging. So he insisted on getting an answer from them because he wanted them to clarify and to purge their motive. That's the first thing. Number two, Jesus insisted On getting an answer from them. Because he knew that when you are forced to answer that question. It will evaluate and focus your priorities. You begin to check yourself. You begin to understand what your priorities are. Is this what I really want to do? When you know the pain associated with it. When you know the trouble that is associated with it. You will begin to ask yourself. Is this really what I want to do? Is this where I really want to spend my time? That's why Jesus insisted that they must answer the question. But most importantly, our Lord Jesus Christ knew that when we take the time to answer the question of why we are following him, it will help us to count and to understand the costs of following him. This is where we are right now when everything is glamorous. As soon as you become born again, life just fall into place. Angels will carry their heart and they'll be singing following you. You know, you'll be riding on the cloud. Life will just be beautiful. That is the story that we have been told. But the reality is that once you become a believer, Bible makes us to understand that those who will walk with him will face their own challenges in life. And Jesus is saying, if you are coming after me, you need to answer the question why you are coming. Because you need to count the cost. You need to understand the price of discipleship. The price of identifying with me. You need to know that price. I don't just want you to come under a false pretense. I don't want you to come with an illusion at the back of your mind of what you are expecting. I don't want you to come thinking that you are going to get something and then when you see it, you say the Lord Almighty lied to me. No, I want you to understand exactly what you are getting yourself into. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 14, in verse number 28, it says there, For which of you intended to build the tower, see that not down first and count the cost whether it has sufficient funds to finish it? Do you have the stamina to walk with the Lord? Are you willing to pay the price to be able to walk with the Lord? Are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to endure all the pain that will come? The loss of friends, the loss of association, all the challenges that the enemy will throw your way. Are you willing to pay the price? That's why Jesus is saying, why are you following me? Are you following me for all the glitters? Or are you following me for the real thing? So Jesus understood. That when you take the time to answer the question of why you are following him, it helps you to determine the costs of discipleship. Our Lord knows that if a man is able to truly answer this question of why he is following Christ, it helps that person to be focused and to be dedicated. When you've already made up your mind that this is why I'm following the Lord, not because of anything, but because I want to be with him. Because I love him. Because I want to be with him in eternity. It helps you to be focused and to be dedicated. When you know why you are following. Anything you do, once you understand the reason behind it, it helps you to be able to focus. It helps you to be able to know what you're supposed to do. Number two, when a man knows why he's following the Lord, to help him to be disciplined and to be consistent in his walk with the Almighty God. Many of us who are doing business, you know that days when business is good, there are days when business is not good. The day that business is not good, you don't pack up and say that's the end of the story. For those of us who are employed in a particular employment, you go to the office and your boss or your subordinate or your co worker says something that upsets you or you are having a bad day at work. Well. You don't quit your job because of that day. You don't. The reason is because you know what it takes. You know why you are there. If you refuse and you quit that job, your bills will never quit, that particular card will never quit. The rent will not quit. The market will not quit. And because of that, you are motivated to do what? To keep on enduring. When you know why you are doing what you are doing, it makes a lot of difference. It helps you to be consistent and to be disciplined, even when the road is rough. The same thing when you are walking with the Almighty God. When you know the reason why you are serving God, when you know the reason why you are called a believer, when you know the reason why you have dedicated yourself to the Almighty God, number one, it helps you to focus your attention, it helps you to be dedicated to the Almighty God. You don't listen to all the distraction that is around you because you are focused on Him, that is the person you are doing business with. Number two, it helps you to be consistent and to be disciplined, but most importantly, it helps you to be steadfast and unmovable. When you are steadfast, In other words, let everybody say what they are saying. Let the whole world do whatever they are doing. Let the world make the decision they want to do. You have made up your mind that this is where you stand. And you are going to be unmovable. Let the whole world begin to go against you. You have made up your mind. So my brothers and sisters, Paul the apostle was writing to the Corinthian church. He said, therefore my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. In the Lord. That is when you know. That is when you have answered the question. That is when you have taken the time to find out. Why you are doing what you are doing. But if you are coming because you want to impress somebody. If you are coming because you want to hang out with somebody. If you are coming because there is nothing else for you to do on a Sunday morning. I tell you when the challenges come. You will drop the whole thing. You will talk about the Father, yes, you have other better things to do. But when you know what you are doing, when you have made up your mind that it's either this way or nothing else, when you are totally sold out to the Almighty God, what you will find is that when situations become impossible, you remain steadfast. When conditions begin to shift, you become unmovable. Christ was not only asking the question, that was why he demanding for an answer from those people. So that they can be clear exactly what they are getting themselves into. Our Lord is demanding the same question from you this morning. He's demanding the same answer from us this morning. He's asking us, why are we following Him? Why are we associated with Him? Why are we relating with Him this morning? Why are we called by His name this morning? Our Lord is demanding that same answer from us. Because when you answer that question sincerely in your heart, what it does for you is that it eliminates self-deception. You stop fooling yourself. You know, one of the worst things you can do to yourself is when you lie to yourself. It is one thing for somebody to lie to you. It's another thing for you to lie to yourself. The worst thing that can happen is that when we lie to ourselves. And there are many in the church today who are lying to themselves. Paul the Apostle said, let no man deceive you. Any man among you seem to be wise in this world. Let him become a fool that he may be wise in the presence of the Almighty God. So don't deceive yourself. There are many who believe, who think that they are going to heaven, but they have not even started the journey. A lot of people who are not born again, but yes, they believe that they are going to share eternity with Christ. In what universe? I don't know. But the reality of the thing here is that Jesus is asking you that question. Jesus is asking me that question. And is asking us and demanding an answer because he knows when you take the time to think about the question, when you take the time to analyze the question and apply it to yourself, what it does is that it helps you To free yourself, eliminate self-deception. Because you know yourself. You and I know. I may not see you, you may not see me, but we know ourselves. You know, I've always joked here that if it's possible for us to put a video tape, connect something into our heart, so that we can have a screen like this following us, we can see whatever is going on in our heart, I tell you, a lot of us will break the screen. Because a lot of things are going on in our heart, even as we are in church, a lot of funky things goes on in the heart of man that you don't want to see. And we you have that TSA thing, that thing that you go through, when you carry metal with you, that metal detector, you pass it. air. Eh. If you have that thing going on, showing us words in our heart, a lot of us will have a lot of funky things. But Jesus is asking and he's saying, take time to think about the question because you will save yourself a lot of self-deception. Number two, Jesus is requiring that answer. Because he knows that when you answer the question sincerely to yourself, not to the pastor, not to the church, not to any other person, but you answer the question sincerely to yourself, it will help you align yourself with the reality of your spiritual condition. You will align yourself to reality. You know exactly where you stand. You know exactly where the issues are. You know what you should be talking to the Almighty God for. You know what you should be asking him for. You are not going to exercise yourself beyond your level of spirituality. Jesus is saying, answer this question so that number one, you will not deceive yourself. Number two, you can align yourself with the reality of your spiritual condition. Bible tells us there were two people who went to the temple. One of them was a Pharisee, the other one was a publican. The Pharisee went in there and said, God, you know. Without me, you can no longer be God. I am the man. I give tithes. It is my tithe that build the church. Can you imagine? All the Pharisees and the high priests, they come to my house to eat. I give a generous offering. I'm not like that guy who doesn't even pray. I pray every day. In case you have forgotten, go and check the record. We're there. When they were actually designing the prayer in heaven, we were one of the people that were talking about what you should be praying about. You know that conversation. We had that conversation with the Lord. But the other guy said, God, I don't be like that guy, oh, me, I don't know anything. You help me, oh. I just want it, everyone. Oh. I don't care what you give me for everyone. Make I just enter. That was the prayer of the other guy. And the Lord might say which of them went unjustified? There is a need for us to align to the reality of our spiritual condition. And that is when you take the time to ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I praying the prayer that I'm praying? Why am I doing all the fasting, waking up in the morning, giving money to the church? Why am I doing all this thing? Is it because I want to impress somebody? Is it because of the fear of going to hell? What is the reason behind doing this thing? When you ask that question, it helps you to, number one, stop deceiving yourself. Number two, it helps you to align with reality. And most importantly, it helps you to stop wasting your time. There is something we used to say back in the neck of the wood where I come from. If this thing is not working, leave it alone and do something else. There's no point serving God when you know you are not serving Him. I've always joked that if you want to be a criminal, be a good one. If you want to serve God, serve him. Elijah, when he was talking to the children of Israel, he said to the people, he said, how long will you hop between two opinions? If you want to serve God, serve him. If you want to serve Baal, serve Baal. Stop wasting your time. Stop going back and forth, back and forth. And James said, a man who does that is not going to get anything. You are not serving the devil, you are not serving God. You are not going to get the best of the two. You are not getting anything. And the Lord Jesus is asking you, is telling you to consider the question, why are you following me? So that you don't waste your time. As much as we want people to be in church, we want only the people who will be in church, who are interested in being in church, who want to be in the presence of the Almighty God. The point is that you don't want to be in church just because somebody wants you to be there. You want to be there because you want to be there. You want to be there because you are in love with the Lord. You want to be there because you are convinced that your presence there will make a difference in time and in eternity. That's why you should be here. So Jesus is saying, the man and the woman who understand, the man and the woman who answers this question, it will help them, number one, to stop self-deception. It will help them to align to reality. It will help them to stop wasting their time. Mark chapter 8, reading from verse number 36, the Bible says, What shall it profit a man if against the whole world and loses his own soul. In other words, what is the benefit of spending time, spending energy, spending our resources in church? If we have no clue what is going to be the result of it? What is the benefit? Of identifying with Christ when, if our motive is not aligned with that of the Savior, why are you saying that you walk with Him? The Bible says, Can two walk together except they agree? Why are you saying that you belong to Christ when you are not even in agreement with Him? When you don't believe a word of what He's saying? When you're not willing to obey what He's saying? You're not willing to follow His command? You're not willing to follow His instruction? Then why are you following Him? That is what the Lord is asking. That's the question He's asking. And that is the question he wants you and I to answer. Because when you answer this question, it has a way of freeing you. It has a way of focusing your attention. It has a way of taking away all the unnecessary burden that the enemy puts upon us. In closing, I want to read one verse of the scripture. And that is found in the book of Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33, reading from verse number 31. The Bible says, so they came to you as the people do. They sit before you as my people. They hear your word, but they will not do them. For with their mouth, they show much love, but their heart pursue their own gain. He said, Indeed, you are to them as a lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and play well on an instrument. For they hear your word, but they will not do them. The Lord is saying, Why are you following me if you are not going to do what I'm going to do? Why are you following me if you are not going to be aligned to my purpose? Why are you following me if your purpose is not aligned with my purpose? What are we looking for? Why are we following the Lord Jesus Christ? Why are we identifying with Christ? We must take time to answer that question for ourselves individually. And when we do so, and we come to an honest answer, it helps us to walk with Him and walk with Him correctly.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee.